One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, hello, wisdom-filled warriors. Ready for some more supernatural impartation? Um, I'm excited today. I want to touch on a subject that is just really um, at the heart of, you know, what the Lord has me doing to awaken the church, and particularly the church that is supposed to be supernatural, that actually has been made, well, let's call it less than supernatural basically a powerless force. And that is why the world is in the state that it's in. Because if the real church were out on the streets doing the supernatural, revealing Christ and not trying to prove that He's real, then this would be a completely different world. And so I want to jump into some of that today. But man, I'm getting a lot of uh, emails and people calling. Um, We, you know, I've been booked uh, really since uh, July all the way up into Thanksgiving, um, taking a break around uh, December here, and uh, we'll go back at it in, in January. I have I ha- do have dates uh, available. Um, you know, I have I've got one in one in January, two in in February, and you know, then we're 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 very flexible going into the into the beginning here of 2023. But uh, if you know, we're just seeing just you know people who would never contact me. Uh, somehow, uh, re, you know, deciding, you know, at the unction of the Holy Spirit, and and we're just seeing entire living rooms full of people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit from every denomination that you could think of. Um, you know, we're still still getting invites in the churches, still working with pastors. We've got we've got, you know, pastors in in different spots across the U.S. where we are getting the church equipped. And so, I encourage you, pastors, if you're listening, um, you know. I'd, I'd love to come. There's there's nowhere that, that has invited me that, that I've said no. So anyway, um, reach out to me. Love to talk to you and, and see what the Lord does. And so, you know, the, the church is supposed to be glorious. The church is supposed to be supernatural, but it requires people that are so in love with the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit that His voice um, is way above the limitations of fear um, or, or, or any other uh, thing that would that would inhibit uh, the believer or the church for that matter, and and so I'll, I just want to start out. I want to tell you a few stories because you know we are all supposed to be supernatural, not uh, not the pastor, not uh, just the prophet guy. Um, the body, the bride, is supposed to be supernatural, and so. You know, when, whenever I was awakened, really as, as literally just part of, of the body, part of the bride, didn't even know who I was, I started having these visitations. You know, you've heard my story. I just prayed like a wild man, pray without ceasing, uh, fasting, uh, you know, water-only fasts and, and the visitations and things. And I started getting supernatural visions and, and things that, you know, the average person wouldn't do because they, they didn't have faith. And the reality is faith only comes from one thing. Faith comes 
from the impartation. So you're fooling yourself if you think this is about learning as a mere man, like you're at a college trying to learn about something. No, you're actually trying to receive an impartation. The bigger the, the visitation, the bigger the impartation, that's called the anointing. That, that's the oil and the wine. That is what literally makes you superhuman, supernatural, okay? And it's all connected to you hearing the voice, seeing the vision and dreaming the dream, um, which imparts faith, right? Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That means that word is the word rhema. Hearing by the rhema, meaning he's speaking to you right now, go do it. And when I was part of the body, just being awakened, um, I, uh, I, I ran up after worship, told the pastor, I had this vision of this guy and he hands me the mic and, you know, I'm, we're in front of, you know, four or 500 people. And, uh, there's this guy, um, he was a Harley guy. Um, he was part of a biker gang. Uh, you know, you could tell, you know, it was a pretty hard guy. Uh, I came in with a hard group of people. Um, not sure what the exact reason he was there for, but, you know, he had a uh, teardrop under his eye. Y'all know that that means that, you know, that's that's the mark of of having murdered somebody in prison um and so you know everybody's looking around like what's the harley dude doing here um what what you know what's the gang doing in here and i mean that's to me that's the purpose of the church right you're supposed to show the world no matter what they appear like um you know that christ is real and so pastor hands me the mic and uh, the vision i had was was uh, of this guy jesus handing this guy um, a glass of wine, uh, and and he took a washcloth and started to wipe the marks off, including that that teardrop off his face. And so I called the guy up in front of the church, um, and you know everybody's like, "What? What's going on? <laughs> Is this guy crazy?" And anyway, uh, I start to share the vision of the Lord with this guy, and man, this hardened, hardened Harley, you know, motorcycle gang guy. He just breaks. He breaks, man. I mean, the presence of the Lord and the vision of the Lord washing him clean. And and even, you know, if 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 Jesus can come to the murderer named Saul, right? Saul Saul was the, the Pharisee of Pharisees who was killing Christians. Um, if if Jesus can come to him and wash him clean, why can't he come to a Harley guy? Why can't he come to the most hardened criminals on the earth? Anyway, as I'm speaking this this vision, man, this guy breaks, um, and I say, Jesus want Jesus wants to offer you his covenant. That's that's the wine. That's his presence. Um, and the and the guy says, Yeah, I want the Holy Spirit. The guy gets baptized, starts praying in tongues in front of the church. It was a miracle. Okay, it was a supernatural miracle. And I'm telling you the story because as the bride is awakened, the bride is supposed to step into the supernatural. You're supposed to walk on water, not just leadership, the bride. And the church is really supposed to be the avenue in which you are trained. It's supposed to be a safe place. It's supposed to be the place in which people come to release what the Lord is saying, not to get grain fed like cattle uh, in, in, you know, locked in their stalls being force fed something that doesn't produce life. Okay. And so, you know, I'm, I'm telling you that because, you know, the, the bride in America is, it is not 
the, the real bride, okay? There are, there are pockets of the real bride. There are places where there's desperate hearts crying out for the presence of the living God, but the bulk of America is spiritually dead, like numb, absolutely numb to the presence of the Lord. And, you know, uh, you know what? Well, I, I'm not going to go there, but I mean, at the end of the day, guys, um, the bride is supposed to be supernatural. There is supposed to be evidence um, that you've been changed, evidence that you've been made supernatural. And the fact is that Jesus holds nothing back. Jesus holds nothing back. He told, he told the disciples, stay in the city. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, and you're going to go do the supernatural. You're going to cast out devils, heal the sick, baptize them in the Holy Ghost. You're going to pray in tongues. You're going to do it all. Amen? And so the issue is not that you've not received the Holy Spirit. The issue is that you um, have blockers. You have false theologies. You have limitations. You have things that you've been ingrained in um, deceived by the power, not only by the powers of darkness, but by, by church leaderships who have not equipped you. And let me say this, if you've never been, if you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, and you have never been equipped in the power of the Holy Ghost to see visions and dream dreams, then, you know, is it the, is it the bride's fault or is it the bridegroom? I would say it's, it's the bridegroom, which in this case in the church is the leadership. If the leadership is not making the bride supernatural, they're making them something else, Okay. They are, by design, when you preach in a pulpit, you are either making something supernatural or you are um, driving the bride to conform to the limitations that you preach to. And so I say that because, man, you are supposed to be supernatural. And, and if, if you've never done the supernatural, if you've never cast out a demon, never done, you know, never, never flew, uh, flowed in prophecy, never uh, prayed in tongues, all that stuff that, that you've been hearing me talk about, you've been duped, man. You've been duped. Because the real, that's what the real church is, okay? The real church is supernatural, okay? It's a bride awakened, awakened by the Holy Ghost. Okay, and as a father, Paul looked at the church and he wept over it because the church that wasn't flowing in the supernatural, like the book of Galatians, he literally is weeping over the church because they were bewitched. The church in Galatia was birthed in the supernatural and the Judaizers, the guys who came in and turned the crowd away from the Holy Spirit and back to dead theology and Paul wept over them. And, and he, he was concerned because they became emasculated, okay? Emasculated, they, meaning they became infeminate, right? They, they didn't have the, the male ability to reproduce. They've been, they've been made, they've been rendered powerless. They've been rendered um, something that didn't have the power to reproduce, okay? And that's, that's, a, that's a terminology here. I'm, I'm going to get into a little deeper, but... You know, Paul uses this term, you've been made effeminate, meaning that, that uh, you do no longer uh, contain the male ability to impregnate the world. Okay, it's a picture. And you may, you may, uh, you may not like the picture, but it's a, it is a picture. Okay, the correlation between the man and the wife and the marriage um, is that the male impregnates the bride. Okay, there's a reproduction and the same correlation is in the spirit that the, the church is supposed to be 
um, not only the, to have the qualities of receiving as the bride, but when you receive and you're equipped with the Holy Ghost, you are equipped to go impregnate the world. Okay? And so, you know, Paul, Paul, Paul uh, said with the church of Galatia, he says, who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? Okay, and it, it wasn't just about the, uh, the demonic powers, but it was the theology that the demonic powers twisted and led a church that was once supernatural to fall back into powerless routine religion. Okay, and the reality is they, they were impotent. Okay, Galatia, the Galatian church was made impotent. They were emascul- emasculated. Okay, Deuteronomy uh, 23 uh, says, Let no one who has been emasculated enter the sanctuary. Okay, so what is the sanctuary for? It's a picture of, it's a picture of, of the place of, of the throne room, the, the place where the presence of the Lord is profoundly encountering Okay, the bride. Okay, it's, it, it's, it's where you are made and granted the ability to go impregnate the world because you've been in the throne room. You've been in the place that made you pregnant. Okay, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, do not be ignorant of the wind. Okay, basically he was saying do not be powerless. Do not um, submit to impotence. Do not, to, do not submit to the lie that says that you are not supposed to be supernatural, that you're not supposed to be uh, one baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, seeing visions, dreaming dreams, flowing in all the gifts of the Spirit. Don't submit to that lie, okay? And that's the lie that the majority of, of the American denominations have fed the people. They fed the bride. They've made the bride um, impotent, or, and, and they've, they've actually made the body impotent, okay? When the body only has the, the, the female, um, we'll, we'll call them abilities, okay? Okay, loving, caring for the poor, right? That, that, those, are, those, are, those are nice things, okay? But the dominant side, okay, of the spirit is the are, are, are what's known as the gifts of the spirit okay the do, the dominant male qualities to go impregnate right you're going to pray for a dead man okay you raise a dead man guess what you impregnated that dead man with the holy ghost you go and pray for a blind woman okay and that blind woman sees guess what you impregnated that blind woman with the holy ghost okay you go and you pray for 50 prisoners and, and those 50 prisoners get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They start praying in, t- in tongues. They start dreaming dreams. Guys get out of prison and start preaching and raising the dead. Guess what? That's called the ability to impregnate the world. Okay? And that's the, that's, that's the male qualities that Christ said that you, you may know uh, about Jesus you may submit and flow in a in a in loving qualities but you are incomplete if you don't have the ability to go shake up the world and impregnate the world with with the seed of Christ okay 
And, you know, there, if, if, you, if you read in the, in the book of Revelation, there's two brides, right? In Revelation 17, there's the harlot bride, okay? It looks like the bride. It appears as a woman, but it, 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 it uh, talks in Revelation 17. It talks that, that uh, you know, she's drinking out of a wine goblet. She has, uh, she's ordained with worldly things, with the markings of the world. She looks more like the world than she does the supernatural qualities of Christ. Amen? And, but if you go to Revelation 12, the real bride, right? The real bride, it says that she gives birth to a male child. She's made supernatural and the serpent is enraged when she gives birth. The, the, the bride is, is, um, carries the seed, right? The seed is symbolic of the spirit of prophecy. You have the ability to reproduce. You have the ability um, to make the church come alive with life, okay? And, and if, you know, I'm not going to go through this because there's a lot I want to cover today, but, you know, those, those, two, those two brides, those two uh, women are symbolic of, there's a, there's a woman that appears to be the bride. She's actually fake, okay, the fake church. And there's, a, there's the real bride that has the ability to reproduce, and the Lord carries into the wilderness till that woman gives birth and Satan is furious, right? And, and, and at the end of the story in Revelation 12, it says that um, the bride that gives birth is given eagle's wings, right? It is protected, is lifted by the Spirit. And that's what, Paul, that's what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He says, do not be ignorant, okay? That word ignorant is italicized. It actually means do not be without the pneumaticos, meaning the wind of the Spirit. The, the pneumaticos is the Greek word. It, it literally means the, the wind, the flowing wind that lifts the eagle, right? The eagle is actually, uh, it actually doesn't flap its wings. It actually uses the thermals of the wind to be lifted. Okay, and the picture in Revelation 12 is that the bride is given wings and lifted, okay? Lifted high, made supernatural. And that's what the real bride is supposed to be, okay? So the body... If the head is alive, let me say it this way, if the head is alive, meaning that you lay hands on people, you cast out devils, you start pastoring people in small groups, even in living rooms, <laughs> yeah, guess what? You impart the supernatural. You, you impart the seeds of prophecy into the hearts of men and women, and they then carry an ability to lay hands on the sick, raise the dead, right? Do the supernatural. Jesus, Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 10, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to go, you know, heal, heal the sick. You're going to go cleanse the lepers. You're going to go do the supernatural, okay? And Jesus said in John 14, he, he, he told the disciples that when they're baptized in the Holy Ghost, that they would do greater works, right? They would even do more supernatural things. And the reality is this, you know, the, the dumbed-down church, the church that has been made numb, the church that has been, you know, allowed to sit in their pew, that church um, literally is what Jesus comes to, to, to confront, okay? In Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, there are seven letters to the seven churches, the seven major heirs to the churches, okay? And in those corrections, Jesus says in every correction, if you can hear 
what the Spirit is saying to the church. Why is that? Because the Spirit is the voice, right? The voice of God. It is the living seed that impregnates people. When you wrap your heart around what the Lord is saying to you and you go do it, you are partnering with the Lord. You are made, being made um, supernatural. You, and when you get impregnated, guess what? You get to go impregnate the world. Okay? It's a picture. It's a picture of how the, how the church is unstoppable. Okay? And Jesus, um, in, in the, in the uh, confrontation with the church of Thyatira, Thyatira um, Jesus says, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. What does that mean? Okay, the woman Jezebel surrounded herself with eunuchs. <laughs> yeah, that's right, guys. She, sat, she surrounded herself with eunuchs. Guess what? If you've sat in church for years and you don't have the ability yet to prophesy, raise the dead, heal the sick, guess what? You've, you've, you've in a deceiving manner, been made a eunuch. And the reality is there's hope for eunuchs. I mean, I go all around the world looking for spiritual eunuchs. And I'm saying that kind of, you know, it's a picture. I'm not, I'm not de degrading anybody because the world has been deceived. But you know what? The Lord sends uh, men and women who can impregnate people and remove the scales from their eyes so that they would be awakened to the real thing, to the real church, right? So no longer would they be emasculated. No longer would they be a eunuch without the, the ability to reproduce. Um, but the reality is this, that Jezebel, Jezebel's spirit, she hates prophecy, she doesn't allow prophecy. She doesn't allow tongues. She doesn't allow um, healings. She doesn't allow praying for, for the sick that they would be healed. She doesn't allow people baptized in the Holy Ghost. She doesn't allow prophecy. She doesn't allow um, mir the working of miracles. She doesn't allow tongues and interpretation of tongues. Why? Because that Holy Ghost, the, the spirit of prophecy is at war with Jezebel, okay? And if the head is emasculating the people, right? Basically just getting a bunch of eunuchs to sit there silent without ability to do the supernatural themselves, guess what? They become dependent on the preacher. They become dependent on the guy behind that pulpit. And guess what? I got news for you guys. Jesus never meant the church to be dependent upon one man. He never meant the, the body to be dependent on, um, you know, a denomination or, or the theology that forms a denomination. The true, the true bride is supposed to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And those are two completely different, you know, realms, Okay. One realm is living, right? The realm of the spirit, the realm of the supernatural is living. And the realm where the eunuch sits with bated breath, waiting for how that pastor is going to articulate their message or what the pastor says. If the pastor says, do it, you do it. If the pastor says, don't do it, you better not do it or you're going to die, right? That's Jezebel, boys. That is Jezebel. Because the true apostolic Paul said, Paul, uh, Jesus said this, the greatest among you will be your servant, right? And, and so Paul basically says, as he's describing himself as the apostle, he says, I am the lowest, right? I am trampled. Um, I've been whipped. I've been, uh, you know, cast out in the street, stoned. I've been 
all of it, right? He, he in prison, he did all of it, right? What, what was Paul in prison for? Because he was equipping the body to be supernatural. He was impregnating the body. You see, when Paul came in Romans 11, he says, I pray to come to you that I may impart to you a, a spiritual impartation, right? Something that would make you spiritually pregnant, that you would carry an oil, that you would drink a wine when I come, that you would take the prophecy and somehow that prophecy would make you supernatural, okay? There's a vast difference between the real and the fake. The fake looks the part, they, and, and, the, and the reality is this, guys, they, they, a lot of the fake is Bible-centered. A lot of the fake uses Scripture and, and uses Scripture to control the people. Scripture was never meant to control the people. The people were supposed to be equipped apostolically. The purpose of the apostle, the prophet, and the evangelist is that the body would go do it. Right when I go into uh, when I go into a church or I go into um, India wherever the Lord sends me, my intent is that when I'm done, thousands in India are praying in tongues. They're they're dreaming dreams. They're doing vision. You know, seeing visions. They're casting out devils. I can tell you stories of people that in the morning were at statues worshiping, and at night they're given visions in front of crowds of thousands. And people are coming to get healed and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Okay? That's called an impartation. That's what the true apostolic calling is. That you are imparting the Spirit upon the people. And the reality is the fake church is built around theologies and scriptural commands that force people to con uh, concede to a system, right? A, a religious system instead of being dependent on the voice of the Spirit. And you were never meant to be um, bound to a system. You were meant to be made alive in Christ in the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay? And make no bones about it. Jezebel sought out the prophetic anointing to kill it and make them eunuchs. Okay? You're, you guys are being... A lot of you guys are being awakened to war. And you're realizing that there is no middle. Right? I mean, when people listen to me, they, 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 I mean, I've had people say, man, it was actually easier before because I was just numb, right? Because, because now I see that I was a eunuch. I was an absolute eunuch. Like I was powerless. Like I sat there thinking that because I went to church on Sunday and in reality, you were actually dead, okay? And so people say, well, how, you know, where did this come from? How, 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 like, this, this vast difference between the fake and the real, how, like, how did it come from? And all I can tell you is fast and pray, 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 and rely on the Holy Spirit. Because he, when He comes, He gives you visions, and those visions and dreams are impartations. I mean, I've told, I've told these stories to you guys, but, like, when I was taken to heaven... I could when I when, when the Lord brought me back, I could prophesy over people all day long. I can stand in front of people, and I, the Lord begins to speak to me and share things about people all day long. Doesn't matter who you put in front of me. That did not exist before that visitation in heaven, and and what the Lord imparted to me. Okay, that's what made me so Holy Spirit dependent, and that's why when I go into places, it I literally want to weep. I weep over powerless, 
bodies and organizations, when the people are pastoral dependent, when they're supposed to be Holy Spirit dependent, right? Equipped and sent out, not, not, not come to church in the same place for 30 years. Okay, that's not the way it works, boys. It's not. That is not how the book of Acts is described. The book of Acts says they went into people's living rooms. They got filled with the Holy Ghost and they did supernatural. Okay, Paul and Barnabas, you're going here, right? That Silas, you're going here. Peter, you're going here. And, and, and they, they were sent. Okay, they didn't gather to hear a good message. They gathered to, to, to hear and to receive and give. All right? And so... In, in the realm of being awakened, I want to share a, a dream about eunuchs that, um, that shook me. Um, because I didn't, I mean, a lot of this, I didn't know this. The, the Lord taught me this. I mean, there is no guy that I know of that, that, that talks and speaks like this. All right? All I, all I can tell you is the way the Lord speaks to me is the way I preach. Okay? And I'll share, in 2012, I had the, the following encounter that shook me. All right. It was, uh, it was a dream and it was so vivid, uh, that it, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it to you here and then we're going to talk about it. But, um, in, in the dream, I'm sitting in a chair in the middle of a long table on either side of me are men who are naked. All right. On the table are all kinds of high protein foods, um, like hard boiled eggs, steak, fish, but it's rotten. There's like this green um, mildew on it. It stinks. Okay, it's slimy green. All of the men were laughing and freely eating it. I'm like, what the heck are you guys doing? Like literally, they're they're consuming everything on this table. Okay, they were putting it on my plate and encouraging me to eat it. I'm smelling it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is causing my stomach to turn. I feel like I'm gonna puke, right? So I refused it. And one of the men stood up and started to walk. And as I'm, as I'm looking at my plate and I'm like, there's no way I'm eating this. I glance over and I'm looking at this guy walking and I could see that he had been castrated. I'm like, what the heck? So I start looking up and down the table and I realize all these men are naked. They're all castrated. And the first thing I do is I look... <laughs> I reach down and make sure I'm not castrated, right? I'm like, whew, thank God I'm not castrated, all right? And so <clears throat> my attention then goes to the head of the table where this woman um, is sitting there. She has an appearance of Angelina Jolie, okay? I'm not pinpointing Angelina Jolie. She just, she has an appearance that looks, that's what she looks like. Okay, so I suddenly felt something tapping me in the shoulder as I'm looking at the head and realizing it's a woman. It's a, you know, what I believe now to be Jezebel who surrounds herself um, at this table and she provides what appears to be high protein food, but it's actually rotten and makes men impotent, makes the body and leadership impotent, okay? And so as I'm realizing all this, I feel this tap on my shoulder and I turn around and I realize it's the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit begins to motion for me and I, so I stand up and I follow him and he puts his hand on the wall and suddenly a door appears and he walks me through the door and when he walks me through the door, um, 
on the other side of the wall is Jesus, and he's sitting at a table. He has a, he has a golden lampstand. Um, the seven-branch candlestick is sitting on a table, and um, there's bread and wine sitting on the table. And the Holy Spirit leads me over, sits down at the table with Jesus, and he starts feeding me bread, and, and um, we're, we're drinking wine together. Um, and as this is happening, as I'm literally communing with Jesus, I hammer like this big sledgehammer, like like um, in, in the Marvel movie Thor, that's the size of hammer that suddenly appears on the table. And the Holy Spirit um, stands me up and Jesus looks me in the eye and he says, you got to stop the plague. And all of a sudden, I pick up this hammer And the Holy Ghost leads me back through the door into the place where Jezebel and the eunuchs were sitting at the table eating what the church was supplying, calling it high-protein food, but actually making men impotent. And I was so infuriated, I run through the door with the hammer and begin smashing the table. And as I'm smashing the table, um, it's like... All I can explain it as men begin to be regenerated. All right. And so that was the end of the dream. And I woke up and the Lord starts to speak to me about, you know, the plague that that literally the impotence in the church is really about people thinking that they're they're eating high protein food. Right. It sounds good. Um, It's, you know, it's good theology. Right. It's good. But the reality is. Unless you are receiving impartation from the Holy Spirit, you're impotent, right? And man, that it changed. I, all I can tell you is this changed me. My view of the church from this point forward, my eyes were my, the eyes of my heart were suddenly flooded with light. People ask me where this prophetic message came. Why are you so voice oriented? Um, you know, wh- why do people when you go into churches when people who can't uh, who do not, who are never baptized in the Holy Ghost, do not pray in tongues, do not prophesy. Why, when you go into places, do people suddenly get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and why do they prophesy? Why? I'll tell you why. Because Jezebel's table is getting wrecked, right? Anybody who's 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 eating a dead theological thing, and you know, I work with many types of pastors, so don't get the impression that when I go places, it's to confront the pastor and all this other stuff. That's not what I do, okay? I work with a whole lot of pastors. I work with people to actually build their church. But here's the reality. There are people who come into awakened charismatic churches, and that's, that's, you know, I work with a lot of those, okay? When people come in, they come in with dead theologies. And unless they are equipped uh, by the prophet, the apostle, and the evangelist, and receive an impartation, meaning they get impregnated, okay, in, in, until they learn to eat spiritual food. Paul said it that way, right? He said, learn to eat spiritual food. Set your mind on the spirit, okay, not, not on natural things. Okay, so until people receive an impartation, until they receive the power of the Holy Ghost, and they begin dreaming dreams and seeing visions, and, and learn to receive impartations for themselves from the Lord Himself, Okay, they they function in a dead theological perspective, and it's the equivalent 
of Jezebel keeping people um, in, in, a, uh, in a state of being a eunuch. They think they've been eating good, healthy food all their life, and in reality, they've been eating, rot they've been eating rotten food, okay? And it's made them impotent. It's made them unable to reproduce, and they become, they become uh, centered on the head of the table, the false, the false head of the table, instead of being centered on Christ. And anything that keeps people from Christ is a lie. It's deception, okay? So if your people, if the people in the church are not centered on the Holy Spirit, what are they centered on? Because there's only one thing that imparts and makes people supernatural, makes people um, go into the world and, and do things that are way beyond their natural abilities, okay? That's, what, that's why Jesus said his, that, the, that when he would give the keys and, and the gates of hell would not prevail, it's because the keys are from him, okay? They're imparted by the spirit of prophecy. And that's why Jezebel hates prophecy, because prophecy is what cleanses and builds and establishes the people. It's, it's a continual impartation. What if, what if you had th two, three, four hundred people that all prophesy, and you all care for each other, you all hear for each other, and you come together to gather to hear, to see, to, to learn about strategy, What's the Lord's strategy for the small groups and, and where they're sending them and how they're growing instead of, well, let's just hope we have a good message today and, you know, whatever. Whatever that, whatever that rotten food is on that table. But you get the picture, right? You see, Christ's table was made of bread and wine. The bread, Jesus called himself the, the, that he is the bread. That John 6, it says, I am the bread of life. Right? And Jesus said this, He who follows after me must drink my blood and eat my bread. Okay? Drink my blood and eat my bread. There, that, that, means, that means you hear from Him. Okay? That's not like you just, you go through the ritual process of taking a wafer and, and, and drinking juice and thinking that you just had communion. That's like the beginning stages of the offering of Christ who, who promised to commune with you. Communing, communing with you is an act of prayer where together you, you make yourself available to be impregnated. And what do, you, what do I mean by impregnated? In prayer, that's what you're doing. In prayer, you are learning to pray in the Spirit, to rely on the Spirit, to draw the Lord to speak to you. And when He speaks to you, He actually is imparting to you. Okay, that's called a prophetic relationship. And once you learn it, You'll never be the same again. You'll never fall for dead religion again. You'll never become a victim of powerless religion. You know why? It'll make you puke. It'll actually make you want to throw up. It'll actually make you um, literally uh, beg and ask Jesus Christ for the hammer that breaks Jezebel's table, okay? So that you can equip the people around you. And they won't be victims any longer of dead theologies and powerless uh, religions and, and, you know, all, all these forms that the Judaizers infiltrated the spiritual church and, and turned them back into being impotent when they're supposed to be going out and impregnating the world with the Holy Ghost, okay? You see, the wine on Jesus' table is supposed to intoxicate you. It's literally the presence of God. It literally, when the presence of God comes, it, it literally imparts to you, Okay? And the spirit of prophecy is the bread, okay? Jesus, Jesus said, I am the bread, right? And Revelation 19 says that Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, 
Okay, so prophecy um, comes with vision and it comes with presence. So the wine is the presence. The bread is the voice. Okay, they're both together on Christ's table. Okay, and the you know the fake church when Jesus came and he starts confronting the Pharisees, they thought that they were in communion with the, with the Father because they knew what the Scripture said. And Jesus says, "You guys don't even commune with Him. You don't even know Him." Jesus says in John five, "I only do what I see my Father doing," meaning that Jesus went into prayer, he went into communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he had vision and dream, right? He, he, he literally was impregnated every day in prayer. That's how he comes out of prayer. And he says, all right, boys, we're going, we're going to the woman at the well. Okay, guys, we're going to raise the dead men, right? We're, go, we're, we're going to the 5,000. That's because Jesus was impregnated from the realm of heaven, okay, continuously. That's, that's what led him. That's, that's what made him supernatural. And the, and the fake Pharisees... They appeared righteous because they used scripture to, to you know, make themselves appear better uh, or more important because they, re- they literally memorized it, right? They could memorize scripture. Jesus, can I tell you this? Jesus wasn't concerned about people. He wasn't concerned about people memorizing scripture. He was concerned about people who knew him spirit to spirit. He says you must... Drink my blood and eat my bread. Okay? And, and the, the supernatural awakening of the church is, is something that is, is supposed to reproduce. If there is no reproduction, if there's nobody around you getting healed, delivered, demons cast out, uh, people baptized in the Holy Ghost, what are you? Let's be real. What are you? And that's not, that's not to condemn anybody, but that's, that's to bring people to the reality that, and, and I mean, I deal with this all the time. I had, I had so much anger when I was first baptized in the Holy Ghost because I realized that for 36 years of my life, I was deceived. I thought going to church and you make a trip to the altar um, was all that it was needed, right? Because the, because the dead church says, just come say yes and everything's good. That's the biggest lie there is because Jesus says you're supposed to have a spiritual relationship. You're supposed to go do the supernatural, right? Jesus, Jesus told the disciples in Mark, Mark 16, verse 15, Go into the world and preach the gospel, and these signs will follow you. In my name you will cast out devils, you will heal the sick, right? You will pray in tongues, you will even drink poison and not be harmed. You'll do supernatural things. Why? Because you carry an impregnation. You carry the ability to reproduce. And, you know, people, people get up and testify and they tell the, they always tell these stories that many of them, I mean, I'm not being mean, but they're powerless. Okay. And Jesus never, Jesus never called people to be powerless yet call it a testimony. So let's dig into what a testimony really is. Revelation 19, 19.10 says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay. So what is a real testimony? The, the word testimony is a Latin word, testis. <laughs> You're probably seeing where I'm going with this already. The Greek word is the word sperma, right? Me, meaning the sperm, the, 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 what impregnates the egg of the woman, okay? What actually creates life, what actually creates um, a miracle child, okay? So testimony 
the Latin word testes, the Greek word sperma, right? The, the, what houses the word of the Lord, what houses the spirit of prophecy. So the testimony, right? The sperma of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Why prophecy? Because prophecy speaks into the darkness and the darkness cannot stop the light, right? So it's the power to reproduce. So why is Paul so adamant that the church in 1 Corinthians 14 embrace, uh, he says, uh, pursue uh, spiritual gifts. He says the love, pursue spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He says pray in tongues, but even more that you may prophesy. Why? Because praying in tongues draws the Lord to release his word into you his vision and dream, which impregnates you. And if you get impregnated with what the Lord is saying, you get to go impregnate the world. So a true testimony has to impregnate the body. It impregnates the world. It impregnates the sinner. It impregnates the crazy guy on the street corner. It impregnates the police. It impregnates whoever the Lord leads you to speak to. Okay? So the word prophecy is a combination of two words. It's the word pro, meaning to speak, to impregnate with sperm. Okay, go look it up. And the word pharaoh, uh, P-H-E-R-O, means to carry and bring forth from within, meaning that because you were in your prayer room and you were truly communing, you were drinking the wine, the presence of the Lord, and eating the bread, you were receiving dreams and visions, you get to go release prophecy. That's what prophecy is. It impregnates people, right? The guy that I told you about at the beginning of, of, of the discussion here today, the, the Harley guy, the hardened criminal, had teardrops on his eye, right? He killed somebody. That was that, that's their outward symbol that they're dominant. Well, guess what? The Lord awakened some crazy guy to be so in love with the Holy Ghost that the appearance of a Harley guy and what could happen to you, calling a guy up in front of the church, I had no fear. I had zero fear, even though the crowd is like, oh, oh my gosh, what's he doing, right? Jesus calls you to walk on water, guys. And when I spoke the vision over the Harley guy, he weeps, he breaks, he falls to the ground, shaking under the presence of the Lord with tears in his eyes. You mean there's forgiveness for me? You're darn right, bro. There's forgiveness for you. Drink the wine and eat the bread and he'll wash you right now. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. The guy starts shaking and trembling and praying in tongues, right? The, the whole church is like, ah, like, wow. But that's what you're all called to do. That's you. You as the body, when you receive the vision of God, you get to go do supernatural things. You get to go impregnate the world, okay? And a lot, let me tell you this. A lot of you guys have addictions. A lot of you guys, uh, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever, whether it's because you have pain and you want to numb it or whether you go you're like you're an adrenaline junkie and you go 150 miles an hour on a motorcycle. Either way, when you get addicted to how supernatural the vision of the Lord is and that when He impregnates you to go and testify of Him, meaning that you go prophesy His vision and His, His, His vision, His words are sperma, right? It is the sperm that impregnates the bride impregnates the, the, the world and makes them supernatural. You guys get the picture, right? I mean, 
To testify is not simply to tell a story. To testify is actually to tell what the Lord is speaking to you about because that's your story. Your story is actually, tell me about what the Lord's talking to you about. Tell me what, he, what you dreamed last night. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, I tell so many stories on, on this podcast about, you know, I didn't know what I was even preaching the next day. And the Lord gives me a dream about walking me into a hotel room in India. And there's a dead guy. And the Lord says, can, can this man live? And I say, yes. And I command the man to, to, to rise up. And he walks me through room after room in this hotel. And the next morning, I begin to talk about Ezekiel 37 and walking into a graveyard. And 200 pastors who did not know the Holy Ghost get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I, pre- I literally preach from 9 o'clock in this morning, in the morning, and until uh, the sun went down. Okay? I can't tell you how many interpreters I went through. People would get up and they would start to speak what I was prophesying and they'd fall out in the spirit so they'd get another interpreter. And you say, well, how does that happen? I, all I can tell you is, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes other things that happen. Either way, I, just, I testify, meaning I speak what the Lord is, is, is talking to me about. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, you, you, G, Paul says this in Romans 8. He says, set your mind on the Spirit. And many of you have been trained to actually set your mind on what you thought was the Spirit, but it's actually Jezebel's table. Okay, it's actually, um, it's actually, um, you know, you think it's high protein, rich food, um, but it actually stinks because the proof is in whether or not you're impotent or whether or not you do the, the work of the Holy Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit is prophecy, laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, right? All, everything that's described uh, in the Bible, that is the equipping of the church. Okay, that's what uh, that's what leads people to be awakened. Okay, that's what leads people and, and delivers people. the 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 prophecy and the healing um, are supernatural impartations. It's it's an impregnation. Um, that's why people fall, they weep, they cry, and and they're changed forever. Because it's spirit to spirit, it's the sperma of God, right, that comes and changes. And that's what happens with an egg, guys. An egg remains the same without a sperm. An egg is not made into a a baby without a sperm. But when the sperm comes, and all I can tell you is this, every one of you have, have an egg. Every one of you can get pregnant as many times as you want in the spirit. And it's up to you. Some of you have never been made pregnant. Some of you have been made pregnant a couple of times, but the reality is <laughs> there, many, many of you are called to uh, give birth to 50, to 100, to, to 200, to 1,000, right? You're, give, you're supposed to give birth. I mean, it's a, a, a prophetic birthing, meaning that you've received the vision and you go prophesy it, okay? Amen? All right, so Father... I just, I pray for every person listening here today. I pray, Lord, 
that uh, no matter where they're at in life, in any way that Jezebel still has a grip on them, Lord, I release that prophetic hammer and call that table broken. I call the grip of dead, powerless religion broken. Lord, any sensitivity they would have with fearing leaving a denomination, fearing where their parents um, and their grandparents and their great-grandparents sat in dead religious places, Lord, I break that spirit off, off the people. I break off that spiritual blindness in the name of Jesus. I break and and bind every limitation that Jezebel has has made on the church to make it impotent and and to uh, render the church a bunch of eunuchs. I break that lie in the name of Jesus and I I release, I loose what Lord you said you said that uh, um, that you would give the keys and whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, whatever's been loosed on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Right. And you you said that um, if you give the keys, meaning if you give the vision and the dream, then I get to loose it. And so I release this vision of the breaking of Jezebel's table upon every person hearing this right now here today. I break those lies off. I loose visions and dreams. I I release the table of Jesus Christ where people are literally intoxicated right now with the presence of God, where they are receiving the bread of life, where visions and dreams are flooding the hearts of the people and they are raised up to be uh, this, uh, anointed in the spirit of prophecy. Lord, I release that impartation. I release that impartation. I release it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I release the grace to multiply, that they would not just sit there waiting like baby birds to eat whatever um, the pastor comes and feeds them in the nest. But I believe, Lord, that right now you're rec- that the, that the, hum- the unction to pray in the Holy Ghost to receive what the Lord is saying is coming upon your army, that they are no longer impotent um, and, and emasculated and powerless and just being beat on by the world, but they are become warriors in the garden. Lord, I prophesy over the people hearing, Lord, that the spirit of prophecy right now is coming upon them. I break off the lies, the limitations, the impotence. I break that off of every hearer right now in Jesus' name. And I just decree, prophesy, prophesy the word of the Lord. Become pregnant with the vision of the Lord. Dream His dream and become pregnant and do what Jesus Christ sends you to do. In Jesus' name, I pray that every one of you would multiply (laughs) 50 and a hundredfold, even a thousandfold, some even ten thousandfold. I pray that many of and many of you who've never prophesied would awaken in the next week, have a vision for somebody, and begin to prophesy and watch them weep and cry and realize that Jesus has a plan for you. Jesus is equipping you. Jesus doesn't leave anybody out. In Jesus' name, I break the lies that say that then, oh yeah, the gifts and all that stuff, that's for everybody else and not for me. I break that lie off of you. I break off generations of spiritual blindness through false theology and the demons that hide behind that false theology. I break that off of you right now in Jesus' name. And I decree you are born to prophesy. You are born to raise the dead. You are born to heal the sick. You are born to hear the voice of God and to, to become the David that the Lord has called you to be in this in this generation. 
in this hour here on the earth. You are a giant killer. You are an army raiser. You are a king of kings. And you are a priest. You are a king on the earth. You are a king of the king. You are a king on this earth. In Jesus' name, you are the head and not the tail. You are not beaten down and, and, and made a, a, a mockery. But you are the real church. You are the bride of Christ coming alive in the power of the Holy Ghost and nothing on this earth, nothing in the realm of the second heaven, no principality, no power, no ruler of darkness, no evil spirit, no demon can stop you in the name of Jesus. I release that grace upon you. And I, I decree you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, for every person who has never prayed in tongues that right now, they would begin praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord, let the unction of the Holy Ghost come upon every hearer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, you have a great week. You pray, hear the Lord, and go do what He tells you to do. Amen. And keep calling, keep sending those emails. And uh, looking forward uh, for for the future meetings with, with you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.